Welcome to It's a Good Life, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Today we have a special treat for you. Brian, live on stage from a recent event. Let's listen in. We're going to talk about how to bounce back. You know, every year I try to put together what I think you need. What, what ails you, my mother used to say. What ails you? And what's good for what ails you? My goal at the end of two days is that you walk out of here tomorrow night and say, he was just talking to me, one-on-one. And I'll, we're in a big ballroom with 3,000 of our favorite people that I'm talking to you, and you hear me talk to you. Because it's been a really, really interesting season of life, okay? That's because I'm not allowed to use all the other words I'm thinking of instead of interesting. <laughs> and we're going to talk about how to bounce back. Uh, I did an event earlier this year called Peak Experience. There was many people who are here today at that event. Fantastic time. And what I discovered, here we're coaching people. We got these folks listening to podcasts. They're in coaching. They're the best of the best. They're personal growth people. They're great at what they do. And people were really, 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 really in need of it, more than I realized even. And so I took that same approach here for all of you. And, and by the way, people, when they left the event, didn't know how much they needed it. Are you with me? And so we're here. We're going to bring the juice. We're going to have a good old time. We're going to stay away from all the nonsense and noise and politics and crap and all that stuff. And we're here to bless you, to inspire you, to bump you up, and also to challenge you. My mission in life is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And so we're going to do all of that. And it's all been orchestrated so that by the end of this two days, you're walking out of here with a game plan, with renewed vigor, renewed heart, and the tools to go and get it done so you can bounce back. And you will bounce back further and better for the challenges ahead. Does that make sense? And I know a little bit about bouncing back because I've done it a few times in my life. My uh, brother Kevin used to say if he had a theme song for my funeral, it would be uh, from a, a, a band called Chumba Wumba. And they had a drinking song called, I get knocked down, but I get up again. So I'm kind of known for this. But I got to say, and, it's, and you, many of you know my story, and I'm not going to retell it, but I've come back from a lot of things. I've been leading the charge during COVID, and we did hundreds of presentations, and built four training programs, and served millions of people in all kinds of ways, and did all kinds of things, and didn't realize myself that I had become a product of the very thing I was trying to help people with. We're going to talk about today about burnout. I'm able to speak about it expertly. We're going to talk about getting into bad habits. I'm able to speak about it autobiographically. We're going to talk about how to put the good habits in. We're going to talk about how to bounce back. We're going to walk through these things. I'm able to talk to you about it. And here it is. In leadership, a great tip for leadership is the leader goes first. So I'm going to go first. You've always known me as a man who's transparent. I'm going to stay that course. So I'm on stage February this year. I'm at the Dallas Masterclass. Some of the Texans out here, in fact, some of the Texans are on the beach. They're just like, they're just happy to be anywhere other than the face of the sun right now. Some of them are Californians who moved out there for cheap rent. Didn't know your electricity bill was four grand a day, did you? So I'm in Dallas having a great time. We love Texas. I'm on stage doing my thing as I'm getting ready to go. My man, Tony Love, comes out and he takes a little picture of me. And then he posted it on social media for a million and a half people. 
And I went, who's that? Who's a fat guy speaking at Masterclass? But worse than that, I didn't like the look in that guy's eye. The only thing I recognized about that guy was the shoes, and the shoes didn't even match the suit. I mean, for the love of Mary, I mean, that's a catastrophe. All you came to Dallas, I'm very, very sorry. I don't know what that was, like an alien. So here's the deal. Yes, I'm 25 pounds lighter and looking svelte. My wife can't keep her hands off me. But let me tell you, that's the smallest part of a bounce back. So I'm going to tell you what I did as I realized, and I'm, I'm the guy teaching this stuff. I believe this stuff. You know I'm a man of my word. But I had just drifted. And I had been under a little bit of sustained pressure for too long. And I drifted. And this happened to a lot of people. And I got kind of five-circle burnt, and it happened to a lot of people. How do I know it's a lot of people? 47 million people in the last 18 months quit their job. 70% of them regret it. We've had the largest migration of people in America in its history in two years, people moving out of state. How many of you have had a client move out of state? Could I see your hands? If you're in Florida and Texas and Tennessee, you're delighted about that. The grass is not always greener. Divorce rate, highest divorce rate since they started keeping records. And let me say this. Some people should have moved. Some people should have changed their job. And some people probably should have got a divorce. But there were people who made decisions because they didn't know the underlying symptoms. And wouldn't you know, at my very lowest step, when I'm beat up, not doing good, not feeling good, someone came along and offered me an immense amount of money to buy the company. A lot of money. I mean, I love you people, but this was a lot of money. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I thought about it. I've had people come to me for years. I want to buy a feeding company and this and that and the other. And that. Get out of here. I seriously considered it. And I considered it until I said this. I'm not right to make this decision. Let me go get myself right. So I started working on getting myself right. And then the decision became easy. Soon your values are clear, decisions are easy. Hell no, I'm not selling the business. Please, get the hell out of here. How can I sell something that's not mine? How can I sell something that's not mine? It's a calling. It's what we've been asked to do. So we're just going to go do it. So the fact of the matter is, we have to understand the underlying things. So here is the deal, boys and girls. No matter what you're experiencing, where you're at, and what you've been through, the guy in the blue suit, he has kind of a sense of some things. And like all things, being a bit rapid and a refiner, I went to town. And all the work and all the books and all the coaching and all the stuff I'd done in the past 30 plus years came to fruition. And all I did was become very intentional about all five circles. There's the phrase. I was very intentional about all five circles and I went to work. That's why for many of you, you've been coming to these things for years. You've been in coaching. You've been doing these things, reading the books, listening to podcasts. You've been doing that stuff. All of that is there. It doesn't mean you've been practicing it all the time. But all of that stuff is there. And once you get real intentional, man, it can go fast. It can go fast. And so that's what we're going to do. How many of you feel like you could use a little bit of a bounce back? Come and see your hands. How many of you think you could use a major bounce back? How many of you have a spouse or loved one who think you know they think you need a hell of a bounce back? 
Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, I'm ready to bounce back. Let's say it all together. One, two, three. I'm ready to... Come on, let's get busy. Let's get busy. Open up your workbooks. You have a workbook. For those of you here for the first time, we fill in the blanks so you can get out of here with this stuff. Get out of here with this stuff and do it. And when you fill in the blanks, we spell the words for you and everything. So what are we bouncing back from? Here we go. One, two, three. First thing, a little chaos action. Has it been chaos the last few years? Chaos with a capital K. I always liked the who, the band. You know the who? I don't like this other who. The World Health Organization, they declared a global health emergency. So here we were. Boom. Chaos. Then we met after chaos. What did we meet? Control. Oh, we all love that, don't we? Freedom-loving people. Remember it was 30 days to slow the spread? 30 days. Yeah, we're going to take a month. Just take a month off, everybody. Snacks, comfort food, just a month. Just a month. Netflix. Okay. What's the Tiger King? What's the guy's name? Great programming available. All this chaos and control has ended up in the culture, right? Culture, right? Like we know culture is a petri dish, but we also have a culture of our world. And, and the world's been upside down, right? All this nonsense, crazy stuff and riots and protests. And our boy Putin decides he doesn't have a big enough country. Nuts. It's nutsy. I mean, this is the world we're living in. Like, I grew up watching World War II movies. And now I'm watching World War II. It's bizarre. That's all that goes on in our life. And now, here's the thing. It used to be you watched that stuff very, very far away. You heard things or you read it in the newspaper. And now you get it minute by minute by minute by minute on your phone. Some of it might even be true. <laughs> 47 million people quit their jobs. 70% regret it. Think 47 million. I'm from a country of about 4 million for the love of Mary, 47 million people in this country quit their job. 70% regret it. The millennials are going 80%. They're like, this new, new job is not quite what I was promised. I was promised snacks and a slide and that I could stay in my panties all day and never work. Very upsetting, this new job. So what does that lead to? Oh, that's where we're going to go to work today, burnout. And why am I going to spend burnout? Because I help contribute to your burnout. How many of you currently are in the wonderful practice of real estate or mortgage? Bless your hands, please. Many of you, many of you, many of you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. So here's what happens. This is the world we live in in real estate. Market's going along, trucking along nicely, nicely, nicely. Everything locks down. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. A number of us flew to D.C., fought. Essential work. It's essential work. It's, you, can't, you can't shut them down. You got to let them work. Got to let them work. Got to let them work. They're like, okay, got to work. We go back. You can work. Yeah! Then here's the work. You're showing a house. You're in a hazmat suit. Your client, you walk in the door, the client sprays bleach in your buyer's face. I need you to pee in this cup but it's a respiratory disease. Don't ask me to use my toilet paper. <laughs> We're showing houses on phones. We're doing Facebook and this and that. We're doing all this stuff. And somehow we managed to sell a bunch of homes. And you remember, by the way, when I started coming out with all the podcasts and all the great people were saying real estate's going in the tank, we're going to lose 30% of its value. And I said, real estate's going to be the new toilet paper. You remember that whole deal? 
And the next thing you know, here we go. And then they pump money into the system. Now people are buying them two at a time. And then it goes from, I'm freaked out I'm not working, to now I'm in the biohazard suit, to I haven't slept for seven months. I put the house on for 11 and a half seconds. We had 23 offers. Oh, I can beat that story. And the houses were going like hotcakes and 42 offers and this and that and the other. And then the rates go bang. And now what are they all doing? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I want to go back to insanity. Oh, please. Oh, my God. It's changing. It's changing. The rates are high. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brian, make it off. Go away. <laughs> I'm okay, but how am I? That's you people right there. You got to make up your freaking mind. So no one's more burned out than people in our space. Nobody. So whether you recognize it or not, and what happens is the problem is, here's a word to remember. We don't know we're burned out until after. I saw that picture on stage. My great friend and mentor, Mason Ludlow, he has the phrase, sometimes you just got to see yourself. So I saw the picture. Sometimes we have loved ones give us hints. I'm listening, dear. I'm listening. I'm listening. But you get burnt, you get burnt, you get burnt, you get burnt. I know this. I got the cure for you. If you're feeling a little burned out, I got stuff for you, okay? We're going to help you. 2,000 adults recently surveyed. 58% said they were unfocused, disjointed, and that taking a brief nap wasn't a viable solution. I would say the word viable solution, a nap, should never be in a sentence again. 55%, no amount of sleep helps them feel rested. 56% believe poor sleep schedules have led to low energy. Uh Uh-oh. Stressed, burned out, not sleeping good. Hmm, low energy. I got to do something to keep the energy up. What might that be? Nothing good. But remember, the government's always here to help, aren't they? In 1967, the year I was born, the great year, the Senate subcommittee reported that the average American would work only 22 hours a week 27 weeks a year by 1985. So just leave that up for a second. The next time you hear that the Senate is having a subcommittee, make sure you take it to heart. (laughs) Where were we at by 1985? The average American was working four more weeks than they were before they did the survey. We're working hard. One of the things I always tell people, and people talk about America or overseas, and, you know, it's very common and very fashionable, and even very academic to slam America these days. And I say for those academic people, you don't have a passport. You should travel. You should see the world. It's a beautiful place. But every time I see the world, and I appreciate it, and I enjoy it, and I get back home, I kiss the freaking ground. Because you can eat a meal in under four hours. Okay? I had the boys in Ireland. We went on a golfing trip, went to see mom and dad, went over to the British Open. We're down in a restaurant. We go into this pub, McCaffrey's, I think it was. And uh, they're like, well, now, lads, what do you have? And uh, the lads put in their order, and I said, can I get the check, please? She goes, yes, the food hasn't come yet. I said, I know, but the check's not coming at all. Because when you're in other places, they just let you sit for about four hours. Let me tell you, this is a great place. It's a really great place. It's still a really great place, okay? You can love somebody, and they can have flaws. Is that true? 
Is that true? Yes or no? So this place has some flaws. Okay? You still get to love it. We're a little burned out. We're going to get back on track with that stuff. And we developed some bad habits. And we're going to talk about bad habits today. And we're talking about how to get into good habits today. And how it's actually a lot simpler than you think. But uh, you have to be very intentional about it. What are some of the bad habits we got into? Well, let me give you just a little list. Social media, how people, most people start their day. My friend Gunter and I, we start our day with Wordle. About 5 o'clock. You want to start the day ticked off, start with Wordle. <laughs> Not getting dressed for work. Okay? You know the number one thing, item that disappeared during the uh, pandemic? Two products, bras and razors. Third is grazing through the day, just grazing, not exercising, binge-watching shows, Tiger King, constantly scanning the news, because there's so much good stuff there waiting for you, shopping online to beat boredom, that's helpful, I'll be doing finances tomorrow, drinking to cope. Now look, I'm seeing drinking to live is a good thing, that's an Irish thing, drinking to cope, that's a challenge and then sleeping less soundly. So we've gotten some bad habits, and a few others as well. The number one, anybody in the room under 35 years of age? Let me see your hands nice and high, nice and high. Oh, we've got some fresh blood in the room, thankfully. Averages out the age in the group, and here's what we're doing. <laughs> that whole dynamic, and we start the day, and how we start the day is a big deal. It's a big deal. And I want to talk to you younger folks a little bit, and challenge you a little bit, on how to maybe adjust your day just a little bit for spectacular performance against your peers, okay? Because there's a whole group of people have gone into sleep mode, and we're going to talk about that. So here it is. Here's what I got for you this morning. Hopefully you like it. If not, you still pay it. I got your money, and it's good. <laughs> three things. I only ever teach three things. Why? Because that's all a realtor can remember. Here it is. By the way, just so you know, it's not anybody can remember how to be five circle fit. Next, we're going to talk about how to be like a Timex. We're going to be featuring this little watch right here. What's the phrase with a Timex? Takes a licking and it's the greatest illustration right here of what we want to be like. Next, we're going to talk about what a bounce back requires. What a bounce back requires. We're going to give you the requirements so you can bounce back. You're the best of the best. And here's the challenge. You guys are the privileged people who are in this room together. You're a magnificent audience. Got to meet Captain Charlie Plum backstage. He was just with Nito Cobain yesterday. And Nito was prepping him for what to expect with Mastermind. You guys are a famous audience all over the world. Every major speaker you can imagine wants to come and be on that stage because of who you are. So we're going to talk today about how to be five-circle fit. So let me define fitness. Mr. Webster, 1828 Dictionary, goes something like this. Fitness is measured by the speed with which an individual can recover. It's measured by the speed by which an individual can recover. Most people think fitness is having abs of titanium and looking like a model, and that's not fitness at all. Five-circle fit is how quickly can you bounce back. That's actually what it is. How quickly can you recover? And I'm going to show you an example of fitness at its greatest level right now. My favorite athlete in the world right now in all sports is this gal right here, Sydney McLaughlin. She is phenomenal. She runs the 400-meter hurdles. Now, the reason why this is such a difficult task, 
I think growing up, I loved Edwin Moses. Anybody remember that name? The 400 meters is an unusually cruel event because it's not a run, it's a sprint. But you're sprinting a distance that really should never be sprinted. It's beyond the capacity. So you're sprinting 400 meters. Then they put 10 hurdles in your way. So the world record for that event is almost never broken. In fact, one time it lasted for 15 years, and then that record lasted for 16 years. And along comes Sydney. And she's pretty fit. In fact, you're going to see a little video of her right now where she's breaking the world record. She's broken it three times in the last 18 months. And not by a tenth of a second or a quarter of a second. She beats it by a half a second, three quarters of a second, three quarters of a second. And the people who are second and third are the last Olympic champion and the last world record holder. So she's against great competition. And that's all great. And we all admire that. And <laughs> I could never do that. I could never fit in that. I mean, they're just, we know. But I want you to see what happens at the end of the race. I want to show you what fitness looks like because it's the ability to be able to recover. It's the ability to be able to bounce back. She finishes this unbelievably arduous physical exertion. And when she finishes, she she's kind of runs across the line and she's receiving congratulations and giving congratulations. Yeah, good job. Yeah, well done, well done. And then they post that she just obliterated the world record. And you'll see her calmly like she's talking right now, just like, that's great. That's great. And I remember I was screaming at the TV, she's not breathing! <laughs> That's what I look like after I've had, like, a cookie. <laughs> if I were running that 400 meters, first of all, I'd still be running. And then at the end of it, you remember when they sent you to Lama's class because they said it might help? <laughs> I would be dilated to 10 centimeters delivering a child on that track. On the track! That's fitness. Would you guys agree? That's fitness. And by the way, you and me can get there. Not in that particular endeavor. Now, maybe I've always been susceptible to girls who run the hurdles. Many of you know Beverly was this volleyball girl and played in the Olympic team and all that stuff. Do you know that she held for 25 years the Alabama state record for hurdles? For 25 years? Let me tell you, just, 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 just another day at the office. I was married to her about 15 years before I found out that fact, right, kids? She doesn't, it's like being married to the CIA. True, right, kids? I remember one time, the day, very sad day, the day Princess Diana died. And I'm like, oh... And Beverly goes, oh, that's so sad. She was such a nice lady. I said, she was, wasn't she? She goes, oh, no, she really was. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, yes, I met her several times. She said, look, <laughs> we have six children together. When are you dropping on that you know the princess that is the queen of my great enemy? When are you telling me this? <laughs> I told her this. I told her this. I don't care if I ever see it. I don't care if I ever get to a chance to experience it. I just want to know that you have a great gob of money hidden away somewhere. <laughs> I don't need to see it. I just want to know it because that'll help explain everything else. Okay, here we is. We did the five circle fit challenge. We kind of introduced you to this concept. How many of you remember? How many of you participated in that during the great? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we had old Rico. Remember Rico? That's our trainer, Rico Masita. Rico's with us here today. Where's Rico? Rico, give us a... Where are you, Rico? Stand up there. Can you thank Mr. Rico doing all those videos? 
helping us out, helping to get my fat butt skinny. We had 1.7 million people participate over 14 weeks. 716,000 action steps were completed, and we had 384,000 workouts completed. We were trying to keep people going during, during that great deal. We were doing broadcasts. I was doing tons of broadcasts, broadcasted to millions of people from my home. Adam and Anna were the AV team, okay? And so we did all these things. Now, I did so much, by the way, I might have burned myself out doing it. But I want to say to you, we're going to talk about these five circles, and we're going to talk about what it, what it looks like, okay? So let me define for you right now what five circle fit looks like. So let's go through it. So spiritual, what would be spiritual fitness? Well, it would be a response to a soul-crushing defeat, a response to a soul-crushing defeat. We all need this. And I want you to circle the word response. A response to a soul-crushing defeat, okay? And I want you to circle response, because that's what the bounce back is. Family and relationships, it's the ability to recover from a rift in your relationships. Now, it doesn't mean that you solve it or you create harmony. Sometimes harmony can't be reached. But it's, do you hold on to past wrongs? Do you hold on to wrong resentments and angers? Do you have a list? Do you have a list? Of your closest loved ones, do you have a list? Let me say this. People who cling on to that list, you get to keep the list and not the relationship. So how fit are you with your relationships? In your business, what's your ability to adjust to a market correction? <laughs> We're about to have a fitness test, boys and girls. And not everybody's going to be too fit. 70% of the people who work in the real estate business today have never worked in a normal market. 80% of lenders have never worked in a market where a refinance wasn't the first option. And again, we have a huge amount of people, well over 1,000 people who are not in the real estate business at all here, and I want to make sure you know this is not a real estate conference. But the fact of the matter is, there's a major adjustment going on. How many of you are witnessing in front of your eyes? Could I see your hands? How many of you had somebody back out of a deal? Let me see your hands. Okay, I've witnessed it. I'm involved in a couple of deals myself. I'm telling you, you know, they, they used to say when the tide goes out is when you find out people have been swimming naked. <laughs> and right now what you're seeing is a whole bunch of skills that either vets have forgotten about, like how to have a listing for more than 10 days, <laughs> how to get a price reduction. And then you're also going to see skills because we have the largest number of people jumped into our industry because it looked easy. And there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on here in the next 12 months, okay? By the way, we've been preparing for this some time. Is that right? This should be Johnson & Johnson, no tears. I've been talking to you about this for some time. Did a series of podcasts on this months ago on how to recession-proof your business. By the way, do you know that the word recession no longer exists? They changed the word. It's like you have a broken leg. No, we're not using the word broken anymore. Slightly displaced. Financial how to survive a financial crisis, and in this case, a financial stress test. Banks have financial stress tests. So I said to Mr. David Lally, hey, we're creating this content. Let's go and find a financial stress test for the people coming to Mastermind. And guess what? On all the crap that's on the internet, you couldn't find one. And this is critical. Like, how are you going to hold up? So we built one for you, and you can go, you're going to go through it tomorrow. Personal, emotional and physical elasticity. How flexible are you personally, emotionally, mentally, 
how elastic are you? Rigid people break. Elastic people bounce back. Bounce by very nature needs the ball bounces and bounces back. Is that true? It has to have some give. Rigid people with rigid dogmas, with rigid ideas, with rigid practices, with rigid approach to business and finance and health and relationships get broken. They get broken. So we don't want that. So what does it mean to be five-circle fit? A response to a soul-crushing defeat. Ability to recover from a rift in your relationships. The ability to adjust to a market correction. Financial stress. Emotional and physical elasticity. So let's go to work. Thanks, Brian. There's so much here that we'll pick up right where you left off in just a couple of days. See you next time. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.